Check your bulk. Same place it always is. Bobby and Lena in the back. About four lands and eight of the <laughs> cards that were available. Right. At what point does it go from upgraded pre-con when you sit down at the table to, you know, whatever way you describe it, you know, independent or have, have left it? Is it 10 cards? Is it $50? Uh-huh. Is it a, <laughs> a card that they I won't think... won't ever reprint? <laughs> I think that line is defined. It can be defined quite differently. Me on a personal level. I defined that line when I put in a $35 Archangel of Thune into the deck. And for a couple of reasons. The first being, I don't think that's a card they would ever put in a pre-con for reasons of market value and for power level. And so when you have a $30 single that Wizards, I mean, this is an objective, like, assumption, a subjective assumption, but... If you include a $30 banger single of a card that they wouldn't put in a pre-con, I think that's that's the line for me. That's when I'm like, are you upgrading pre-con or are you just making yourself a new deck here? <laughs> like, Sure. A vampiric tutor, we're not going to see a vampiric tutor in in uh, in a pre-constructed deck. In my opinion, I think we will never see it. But if you put a vampiric tutor in your Wilhelm deck, I feel like just take the extra steps and make yourself a new Wilhelm deck because that's not... <laughs> Does it feel like a pre-con upgrade? Sure. Right. Of course, people kind of cite the history of it. It's like, well, I started with the pre-con. But all the content that I see, at least from individuals, is like before a pre-con, it's even in people's hands. There are content creators already releasing like (laughs) these videos on how to upgrade it. Like all of them. There's like all that content. And I remember when I didn't know about all these commander cards. I didn't know of all these magic cards. I watched some of those videos because it helped me learn about those cards and and come to understand some evaluation of them. Mm-hmm. But I but I realize like nowadays I don't watch those because I'm not interested in knowing what those cards yeah. are. But it why do people want to upgrade them right away? You know, like <laughs> what is it about it that's like why isn't it enough out of the box? And is it the meta that people are playing in? What why is it such a, is it part-time hobbyist? Is it hacker? What do people get out of it? <laughs> um, Hard to, so like my example is always like, what do I get out of it as a cracker of pre-cons? And, and my most premium pre-con cracked examples have been pre-cons that had a new legendary in it that synchronized with a few of the cards perfectly in the deck and also synchronized with something that as a player I've been trying to do for years that Mm -hmm. is doing the thing that I've been trying to do better just objectively better (laughs) right and they've designed the decks of course that you're going to they yeah they've designed the decks that you are going to buy because they want you to also buy them for those minerals, those new staples yeah. that you're talking <laughs> right. about. The cost of the precon's 35, the card's about 20. You know, do I want 99 other pieces of cardboard that go along with it? Probably, you know, because you <laughs> feel like you have to buy it if you want to play know. any of those. Yeah, right. It makes sense. You don't want to miss out on some of those play experiences. 
I wonder about those because they, they seem to change the play experience, right? New cards are the other way to chase new experiences. So new cards yeah. from pre-cons, of course, being consumed or used uh, makes sense. I was just interested when people are upgrading it. And what was interesting about it is that people are providing these upgrade guides or these upgrade experiences, but they never expressed how the original deck played, right? Yeah. There was a human or humans that put yeah. together... You know, the deck and whoever they them. are, thank you for those, right? They built them. They they were the author of that deck, per se. And then people are just opening up the decks, ripping them apart, and just <laughs> putting whatever, you know, to be like, oh, this is great what you put here, but this is garbage. You know, just like tearing apart someone's work. I like to imagine a pinata. I'm bashing it with a stick. <laughs> Give me the goodies. Right. Give me the goodies. <laughs> No, no, raining, just raining. <laughs> just because Will's on you. Like, connections. <laughs> yeah, black market. Come on, black market connection. I'm going to smack this pinata till you come out. Just beating it, just smashing that. <laughs> Apparently, Dockside Extortionist was in a freak. I'm going to smash that Dockside out of there. Uh, uh. Archangel of Thune. No, you know, it wouldn't be in there. It wouldn't be in there. <laughs> They'll never put that in there. Mm-mm. Hopefully, maybe Mm-mm. one day we'll be bashing a precon trying to. Smash the Esper Sentinels out. I think so. I think we should be able to. You know, you're using them to crack out your other decks. I mean, it seems like we have to. There's all these included, beautiful, powerful cards in them. And I know they have been trying to solve the length of Commander games, it seems like, by upping the power of those cards. You know, cards made for Commander have a have had a dramatic effect on the gameplay. And mm-hmm. it has sped up the game or at least created more power in the game which was harder to do before. You know, you had these effects that were just, you know, one third of as effective in a four player game, you know. And so it's been interesting seeing the design and the choices and what those what those are. I have that $50 deck that is Real Surreal Kingpin that is mostly uh, compatible to play against a lot of other powerful decks that are these upgraded precons. And the reason for it is it's got a lot of removal and it's filled with cards that are from the last two years, I'd say. <laughs> so it goes back to like Kaldheim, and the majority of the cards are Kaldheim forward, using a mm. lot of the pre-con, a lot of the latest pre-cons for rogues. And just rogues have gotten a lot of love thanks to Dungeons and Dragons, and particularly Commander Legends Baldur's Gate. So rogues, it got a, it's a great deck because of initiative, and it... Uh, has a lot of power because it's all these new cards. <laughs> that card makes that deck makes me sweat. And yeah, that that's that's the secrets of power level. Just keep it call time forward, and you're gonna you'll be cracked by default. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, so how why are, how do you feel about these new precons? These latest precons, Warhammer twenty dollar, the Dahadas. Oh, I don't know about that. I've not seen a deck list for oh, the twenty dollar okay. ones, but I'd be interested. But what do you think about these our precons, these new precons you've been opening up compared to other precons, past precons? Perhaps maybe it's been like Strixhaven Forward that the precons have been designed in such a way that they out of the box are great experiences that should be experienced before you s- destroy them of their precious minerals. <laughs> um, the Warhammer in particular, I recommend people if possible play with a pod because i think they are the best precons the wizards has ever made and i i think that's in in retrospect like of course they are they're trying to get an entire franchise of nerds into magic 
So they want them to feel powerful. And how more do you make those players feel powerful than give them powerful, sweet commander specific cards? Um, but I'm I it's been hard for me to see that as a bad thing because I've been enjoying the precons quite thoroughly. I've upgraded Magus Lucia Kane into the Hydra Drek of my dreams that I've been trying to create the past several years. Um, so I, I feel very positively about them. I think there is a new floor that players are coming into. I think this is kind of the new floor. And this new floor feels like what mid-power used to be, if that makes sense. And I think that's all right. And I think that I do think that's all right because it harkens back to one of the bigger kind of problems with commander in general is that people see it as a slugfest and these decks can become slugfest but there's also designed in them ways to absolutely destroy your opponents and end the game and i think that's great mm -hmm. i think they're yeah. beautiful yeah i i got to watch some gameplay i helped record some gameplay of you janelle st cruz ron and autumn you get to see some people make some fun butt jokes <laughs> <laughs> and get to see some of the new cards that are played and enjoy some of that Warhammer 40k gameplay. I think they are the new floor. I I think going forward, it is going to set a precedent. I know I've heard a few people on Twitter saying the same thing. Where do they go from here with the precons? Are they going to accept anything less? I think they're they're going to do whatever they do. I think the next precons are, of course, will be judged against those ones, but I don't think that's important. Uh, I yeah, to me personally, like I'm not going to think like look down on the next precon. I don't see them as a series of products, and and then the future is going to judge against those other ones. The other ones are going to have particular cards. Someone will say, oh, they're not as good as the Warhammer ones. And then someone will be like, actually, it had two great cards that let me play this deck style <laughs> that I never got to play before. So thus, it was a great pre-con. You know, mm -hmm. you getting the Tyranid, the new leader for your uh, from the from the Tyranids, getting that card from the Tyranids and putting in your deck, of course it makes your Hydra deck better. I think it gives you mana and duplicates your <laughs> Hydras. I mean, that's how they solved the problem with dragons. They gave you Miram, uh -huh. and it just dupes every dragon, and you win the game because you're double dragon. It's a circus of value. <laughs> exactly. I, my decks finally showed up. I thought I wasn't going to be able to get to play uh, mm -hmm. some of this Warhammer 40k goodness. I was feeling the FOMO, obviously, uh, with the experience. <laughs> and particularly... There's a few other little fun cards in the set. I After that, so looking at cards, there's a lot of great cards. But looking at the cards that might be more accessible in terms of finances, it mm -hmm. seems like, you know, if we keep it under a buck and we're looking for something to maybe over time, this will change. But right now, I was thinking Prismaris Eliminator for black. It's a Astartes Warrior 3-2. It has when Prismari Eliminator enters a battlefield, choose one. Exec executioner round, destroy target creature, or hyper fang round, cre uh, creatures target player controls get negative two, negative two until end of turn. This card oh. does, so this card costs one more than a chubacabra. Uh -huh. I'm usually, I oftentimes when I'm looking for a body in a deck that's black and I'm milling and I'm looking for more bodies in the graveyard, a chubacabra is a wonderful choice at four mana. <laughs> This is at five. And then it has the alternate ability of really going for that token kill. When I'm wanting to squash My a lot bunnies. of... Yeah, when the bunnies need to go. <laughs> 
The cool part too is that it's like creatures target player controls get negative two, negative two. I'm finding that sometimes when I'm playing like a, a deal one damage to all creatures on the battlefield, do a negative one, negative one, negative two, negative two to all the players' creatures is that, or all my opponents, is that it sometimes creates a problem. It creates too much of an imbalance in the game. Mm -hmm. So it's nice in this case, it says creatures target player controls. And I like that it's actually only, it's limited to that versus yeah. like having set it to like all opponents creatures yep. get negative two, negative two. I feel like some people would okay. like objectively think that all making it do minus two, minus two to each creature, all opponents control would be like objectively better. But I think with the way commander is politically, I think it's stronger that it's only target player. My bulk pick from the 40k pre-con is a card that I've been loving that I know you've been loving. Karn the Betrayer into my Godzilla deck. Uh, he's a four mana, five one Astartes Berserker. Uh, he attacks or blocks each combat if able. When you lose control of Karn, you draw two cards. And if damage would be dealt to Karn, prevent that damage and give an opponent Karn. So Karn never dies. And he always draws, and he always smacks, and he's perfect <laughs> for a high power, just get the game moving, let's bash each other in the face kind of gameplay. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving the card. Karn the Betrayer reminds me a lot of, like, Humble Defector, but mixed with Toski in an assault suit <laughs> on a Friday night. Toski's lived a life, and now he's polyamorous and raging. <laughs> One of the cards that really excited me in that sort of giving and sharing aspect was the Cybernetica Datasmith. One blue black human artificer, zero one, protection from robots, which robot is a new creature type that's just shown up now. all of a sudden. Yep. Field reprogramming. Blue tap. Target player draws a card. Another target player creates a 4-4 colorless robot artifact creature <laughs> token with this creature can't block. So the robot can't block. And <laughs> it just says target player and other target player, like another yep. target player. So it's somebody gets a card, somebody gets a 4-4 robot. I saw this in action, and it's pretty cool. It means that you could get a card and give a 4-4 robot out and give a car, you know, give a robot out to another player and then give a robot out to another player. And so you've drawn three cards and then given them 4-4 robots. <laughs> and as long block. as you have your, right, and the, who can't block and the Cybernetica Datasmith has protection from robots. So as long as you keep that Cybernetica Datasmith up, you know, then you can block at least one of them, right, per turn. Mm -hmm. So it feels kind of good. It feels like, I get three cards slowly out of this. You all get some arms in which to, you know, I arm you to fight other players. And I, I like the idea of it. And there's no stopping you from, as we've talked about, sometimes the best chance of me turning the tide in this game is by giving some force to a friend, you know, which was yeah. previously targeted, you know, target opponent is all of a sudden target player. So Cybernetica Datasmith feels fun and that fun for the whole family. It is fun for the whole family. I love it. I am a little heartbroken. It's not a legendary creature because this is this is what I want to do. This feels like Demir Glunch. And I'm trying to I'm trying to spread yeah. love to the whole family like that. I've got my Gormoldrak deck, but I as a person, I think I just like robots more than salamanders. That's just me, though. I want to share those little bodies, though. I love it. I love it. I think it'd be wonderful in the command zone. I'm going to break the rules. I'm breaking the rules. It's my commander mm. now. <laughs> you should.
All right. This pick that I am very, very excited about. It is called The Great Butthole. Oh, I'm so, uh, sorry. It is called The Great Unclean One. Ooh, the, <laughs> but, the butthole demon. <laughs> the butthole demon's here. I the love butthole demon. demon. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. uh, The uh, Great Unclean One would 100% take that as a fabulous compliment. This is a five mana, four or five demon uh, ability at the beginning of your end step. Each opponent loses two life. Already a banger. You don't have to wait. It's going to happen. The turn he comes out. You're going to hurt everybody. That's five mana for six damage. At least. I'm already here for it. Then, for each opponent who has less life than you, create a 1-3 black demon creature named Plague Barrel of Nurgle. So, if you're, you're just rewarded for lowering life totals. You're so rewarded. Not only does the card lower the life totals, you're then rewarded for the work that you have already done, lowering the life totals. He's a butthole. He's got the slime. He's got the sludge. He's got the goods. I grab this card. It's currently under $2. Yeah, I am excited about it. It does... uh, I've been affectionately calling the butthole demon. The the great, great unclean one. And I absolutely love the card for what you said. The exact thing is that the... The Great Unclean one feels like a great way to continue to lower life totals. It rewards you if you have a life gain deck. Because I've got this Raphael Fiendish Savior deck and the Great, the great Unclean one made its way into that deck because it <laughs> ma- it's a demon and it makes those demons. And if I'm making quite a bit of life, I'm usually over other people's life totals. Brilliant. And then hopefully I can sacrifice those demons. But it makes a lot of demons. My... Uh, final bulk pick from the 40k precons that I've been enjoying quite a bit. Um, this one also is under a dollar. Uh, this is from, uh, the card is Chaos Terminator Lord. I went ahead and put this buddy in my Godzilla deck also. Uh, four mana for a 3-3 Astartes Warrior. At the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains double strike until end of turn. You love that double strike. (laughs) Wait. I like the word double i like to pronounce it double sometimes <laughs> so at this point have you counted the number of double strikes in that deck <laughs> is this legal how legal is it like are you doing math on this because essentially if you're doubling the double the double the double i mean it's gonna get pretty high there, right? <laughs> if you're doubling the double and you double the double uh this thing made the cut my godzilla list is pretty tight but this 50 cent card made the cut because um there are so very cute few cards that Grant double strike repeatedly on a stick. He's Xenagos's best buddy, you know? <laughs> Xenagos has some buddies. Xenagos has friends, and they also like at the beginning of combat. And they go well together. And they sure do. <laughs> Bring the chaos! So the speaking of the chaos, I mean, you're talking about other formats. You want to get wild and crazy with different ways to play magic where does it stop bobby christine at what point are you not playing commander right i'm getting weird at what point have you perverted the rules of commander so much (laughs) that it's no longer commander i mean it sounds like (laughs) the rules committee rejects you the moment you leave any boundary of commander you've broken the Uh rules where do you right where do you where do you draw, draw that line? When are you when are you still playing Commander and when are you in whatever you're in some other delicious sub format? Check Your Bulk is a Bobby Christine and Lynn Frank production where we share a few of our favorite picks and laughs. 
Find Bobby Christine on Twitter and Twitch at B-O-B-B-I-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-X-N-E. Find Lynn Frank on Twitter at L-Y-N-N-V-F-R-A-N-K. Thank you for listening to Check Your Bulk.